now. It's Kenya. Here's a bonus episode featuring a discussion that we had to cut out of the main episode about streaming platforms and whether or not all these classic black TV shows are worth the price of admission. So since we were talking about things that were coming on your streaming platforms, we kind of wanted to take a look at streaming platforms as a whole, because the key word here is stream. As much as I love black people winning, I'm not risking my life to go to the theater. I'm not fucking with Miss Rona. I'm not fucking with Miss Rona don't play no game. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to get the COVID. We ain't trying to get got trying to see a movie. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so so what we're going to talk about right now is sort of what I dub Black Art Streaming, and that is how Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, and some of your other faves are bringing Black classics back into the mainstream for sort of a whole new generation to discover on their streaming platforms. And I guess this, this is a twofold thing, because first off, they needed some way to get their projects to the masses without with, with theaters being closed down because of the coronavirus. And then also with the civil unrest in the country, these entertainment companies are kind of trying to do this thing where they're like, hey, we love black people. Look at how much we love black people. Our our, our CEOs are all white, but here's a black show. You're like, thanks. He's like, it's 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 half the job, but I really love this show, so I'm going to let this come right. <laughs> So there's there's a few things to potentially, you know, like get into here. So all of these, these, these streaming platforms are putting this black content on. Um, and for a lot of people, being able to afford even just the 7 or $15 it might take or the extra fee on your cable bills to, you know, get an HBO Max or Netflix or who or disney plus that's that's like especially during these times it's a little bit much to be asking yeah. you know yeah. what i mean but also it's kind of this it could be read as performative just you mm-hmm. know give me your money and i'll give you this stuff that we've been fucking begging for why does it take a goddamn like, why is it now pandemic like, the thing that kind of ticked me off about netflix okay because netflix and i, I follow it has that strong black lead and that's the only way i know what black things are coming on and i remember for like the last year they would have movies on from classic black movies for only a month and then they're move it off and they're like oh well it's streaming rights and i'm like you mean to tell me you can only afford the rights for this movie for one month and then it's getting that's all kicked. they want even to a pay. full month it's like two weeks because you you bought you're, you're putting it out in the middle of june and then you're taking it away on the first July. And so like I have to immediately stop whatever the hell I'm doing and watch it for whenever I can. I'm like, you if you can buy all these shows that you that you just bought and to have to host on your channel, on your network, on your streaming site for for a however long a period is, you can put all this stuff on here for a long period of time before we had to get to civic unrest. And it's like, and that's not even addressing the civic, the civic unrest that we're talking at about. All. No. It's like how white people is like, I'm quitting doing the violence of work and it's like well thank you because your white ass should have never been doing voiceover for black cares in the first place but that's not what we're talking about mm-hmm. like that's not the elephant in the room it's like we're drowning here and you're like don't worry we're gonna drink tea instead it's like bitch i'm drowning <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, that's is that not what we're talking about <laughs> they were incentivized to do it they didn't really have and you know like we could talk about how netflix and their fucked up ass algorithm and how they over invest in bullshit and how yes. they don't market their 
shows properly and how they, you yeah. know, I asked a question on Twitter the other day. I'm like, are producers and creative people going to want to bring their projects to Netflix, especially if it's serialized projects? If they yeah. if they were relying on this fucking algorithm that literally gives them the chop one or two seasons into the show, they're not going to want to bring their shit to Netflix because Netflix's algorithm basically says if out of these millions of people, if, mm-hmm. you know, a certain percentage of them aren't watching your show, if you don't trend within a week or two weeks of your premiere, if you don't get a certain number of streams by that time, we're not going to renew you. I don't really think that that is going to work for them for too much longer. And it's damn not, it's damn sure not going to work for them for their black and brown audiences who yeah. want a one day at a time to stay and don't want to have to switch and go to, yeah. you know, fucking CBS. And, it, and the fact that it, it makes no sense because they didn't really promote one day at a time. And then we'll promote and shit. One day at a time. And, and the thing was, one day at a time was a one of the best shows so good. on on the, the site. You know, we got uh, uh, Stranger Things talked about. And Stranger Things isn't terrible, but it's definitely not great, if I'm being perfectly fucking honest. But One Day at a Time was consistently great. Great acting, great writing. The way it told the story, right? It was absolutely amazing. And, and, it, and it didn't feel like anyone was just pulling something out of their ass like you did with some of these other shows. It was done with care. And then for it to get up and canceled unceremoniously for talking about it didn't have the viewership. Like, but how can we say when you don't even it. release the views? Yeah, you, no. you won't tell us who's watching. I'm like, I'm watching this stuff. I was absolutely watching it. I watched every season. I only knew about one day at a time because someone else off off of Netflix told me. Right. Like if I had to find out from Netflix, I would have never knew it was a show. No, they, they don't like, promote. They don't they don't really they don't. have a marketing budget per se for these things. They spend so much money developing. Well, actually just buying, you know, snatching yeah, these properties. high profile yeah. projects up and then developing them. But then they also have really they have really terrible content too like shit nobody for real for real will watch and i've been saying like you really need to cut your content down your original content cut the spending on that and focus on really good projects that your algorithm Mm -hmm. because if people have too much shit to choose from no they're not gonna watch that shit it's because you you only get 24 hours in a day and you're not going to spend all 24 of those sitting in front of your tv or on your phone Mm -hmm. i'll be perfect i sometimes i stick stuff in my queue and do not go back to it especially when you guys stuff coming out every single day every day something's coming out it's like it's too much to watch it's absolutely too much to focus on and especially when you don't know if it's going to be good or not to take your time that's why when i watch stuff on streaming i usually just watch stuff i've already seen before so if it's good bad or otherwise i already know what to expect i already know how much i'm gonna hate a show how much i'm gonna love a show what's gonna ignore me uh, annoy me in the show why why i want to tune in something new and not be sure if i'm gonna get my time back yeah, that's why something like, this. something like a Stranger Things does so well because people are familiar with it. They know what it, they're yeah. getting. And so that's why it's still popular. So Netflix did yeah. this thing where they were like, OK, uh, black folks, we're going to give you <laughs> these classic television shows that most of them are from UPN and um, the WB. Bef- yeah. Or, which is now the CW or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. before the CW became the CW, it was the WB 
and it had all of this these black TV shows on it, and all of those got canceled um, right after they, they got so yeah. many black people tuning into these shows, and so they were able to sort of bank off of that the popularity of the network based on that. But Netflix snatched these shows up and these are shows like Moesha, The Game, Sister, Sister just came Sister. on. Girlfriends. One on one. Yeah. The Park is one on one. Half too. and half. And you would be forgiven to be focusing on the spectacle of that and not really realizing mm-hmm. that a streaming platform like Hulu, they had already had Family Matters, Living Single, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. The Game, Everybody Hates Chris, The Birdie Mac Show. They already had yeah. that shit there. Yeah, they had it. And, it, it and, and it's still up there. Most of the shows are still up there, full seasons, streaming and watch. And what I liked about that Hulu did, Hulu always had this section where you could uh, choose what you wanted to watch based on. So it was like 90s uh, nostalgia. And it wouldn't be like, here's some black shows. It was like, you got your you got your Family Matters right in next to, I guess, your Full House or, or your 80s with the go. Yeah, it threw it together because they knew where the nostalgia was. But it also recognized it as, as entertainment. It, it recognize it as as things that were culturally impactful during the time and not just because they were black shows but because they were good television good shows television. they were good sitcoms meanwhile Netflix is like dang uh, you niggas want to read something <laughs> <laughs> hey yo niggas I got that Moesha for you <laughs> hey I got that girl I got, I got the game for you hey, only the first three what, seasons girl, and maybe you forget that, that we had the game on our channel before we took it off it's we like no I remember that shit I took it too. off <laughs> now, that's the thing about these goddamn streaming platforms these motherfuckers know what the fuck they doing and we ain't shit up like i recently just rejoined twitter and you know it's and it's because of because of the pandemic and because of civil unrest people are like in their fucking houses like biting their people are nervous and anxious and scared and they need escape and people are on twitter like hashtagging moesha hashtagging sister sister you know doing rewatches of the parkers and shit and that's what's happening right now and it's a shifting landscape and i and i'm wondering if you know, if there are any lessons to be learned here, you know, with these platforms and with the way the entertainment industry does business, because to hear them tell it, you know, this pandemic has essentially killed movie movie going. It's it just sort of sealed its fate and it was already dying out. People were already streaming more than they were going to theaters. You know, you've had this hoopla with um, these different high tentpole films that had to fucking swallow their pride and say some of them not tenant which that's for that's another discussion but you know mostly they swallow their pride and they're like either we're gonna bank on trying to release this next year maybe or we're just gonna go ahead and sell this to a streaming platform streaming site yeah yeah I don't know how I feel about the fact that the movie theater is dying. I feel like is that is a multifaceted uh, issue. That's not just about streaming yeah. or about the pandemic. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about what movies were, what movies you could see before, right? Because maybe you wanted to see a small indie classic, but you couldn't because Marvel movie was on like 10 streams, um, 10 streams screens and you only had uh, like 11 screens at your movie theater or you know or you had to go drive uh out of town like i might have to sometimes have to go to my twin city which i hate having to drive there to watch a movie because i couldn't get it at our, at our mall theater which was a cheaper theater cheaper tickets but you know because uh those 
screens were already being reserved for some big blockbuster thing that's trying to get in all the money. I feel like if streaming is killing the movie industry, it's only because the music industry was the movie industry was killing itself. Oh yeah, it was right? already and streaming, dying. And streaming, and streaming saw the hole in this. Like, mind if I just step in here for a second? Like, just stepping right over the yeah. Corpse. The the basic yeah. of this of this discussion is we were just saying like that's great. Now everybody's getting into this reboots reunions thing. They're talking. Yeah. They're talking to the twins um, about a sister sister like reboot reunion. How how are you feeling about that? Do you want to reboot for certain things? What do you want to reboot of? I w- I would like a reunion of the sister sister women. I would like to see them as women as um, maybe one of them's got a whole family. Maybe one of them's pursuing their dreams. Maybe they have, one of them has a set of twins that they have to, you know, like deal with and learning lessons and stuff like that. But I really think they really got to be careful. They're doing a Moesha. I I, I think it's like a continual reunion uh, show. So they got to be careful with the projects and they have to be careful how they do the projects because I don't really like reboots. I I don't really like just mostly all of it is doing is just going off of nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. It's just going to, hey, you remember the show you love? Because here's the thing. When you rewatch something from a nostalgic lens, right? And you put your modern day thoughts and, and, and experiences oh, yeah, into it. Don't hold up. That shit starts to stink. Yes. So what do we, what I, what should this lead to? That's the final question here. And, I, and, I, and I'm just going to say that I think just like there's one day at a time, which thankfully was saved by, mm-hmm. uh, was it CBS or ABC? Uh, it was saved first by Pop TV, but then Pop TV started to uh, close its, its doors and eventually got saved by CBS. Okay, so just like One Day at a Time is this really great uh, sitcom representation for Latinx people, specifically uh, mm-hmm. Cuban Americans. Um, I love that fucking show. Uh, it's so great. It's so good. And, and, and it's done so well. I think that sort of now that people are paying attention to these shows that were on featuring these black people these people of color that we should get we really need just okay so we've got blackish you know and kenya Kenya barris is problematic for me (laughs) that part so we really need more representation you know not for nothing uh, as much as bill cosby is a complete total trash heap what he gave Uh us with that set of shows is Mm -hmm. this sitcom legacy where you got different Mm -hmm. aspects of the black community where you got yeah these different sort of looks into life at different stages and i and i want to see sitcoms and it's, that reflect and that. it's just life right it's not it's not a, a lesson it's not uh you know that's the reason why we love black the reason why these black sitcoms just ha- had such They're a just a living life part yeah. of our lives they were just normal black people doing normal black things and they were just perfectly black there it wasn't like how blackish is where every episode has to explain what the black people are doing mm-hmm. i mean i like blackish i think it's funny problematic it Funny. funny in some aspects but it's like the best you know, of his you, shows yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, when you like when you turn on uh, if you turn on martin or if you turn on uh the jamie fox show if you turn on any of those shows it was just black people being black, black. Yeah. and doing stuff they and worked at a job it. they got married they, they had kids explaining yeah they were saying like oh black people do this because you know this yeah, is like you just do. existing you do. yeah mm-hmm. yeah they were just existing and and we and we have black shows now i'm not saying we don't of course but insecure is not a sitcom 
Insecure is a drama. It's a drama. It's, you know, it's comma, dramedy, and plus it's on HBO. I want those shows that, do you remember uh, the TGIF? Yeah. Thank God it was I want those back again. It's I want accessible those with to more people. black shows and, and those things where, where for 30 minutes you're watching black people that's not a part of Kenya Barris's uh, environment. Laugh, or Tyler love, Perry's. Or Tyler fucking Perry's. I want people to see the see not only that we love these shows, but also see why we love these shows, why they're so path. And I want more, I want more things like uh one day at a time. I I want more things uh like a modern day um Moesha. I want things like another fresh off the boat. I want, you know, I want more things where more people of color are given the chances on these big networks to be beautifully and culturally who they are without having to explain why they do what they do. Like yeah. just watch the show and enjoy the show and laugh at the humor. And if whatever you don't get, whatever you don't understand, understand that it's okay to not know. Because we have to look at fucking friends and all those, these fucking things and, and like yeah. get it and relate to it. And they're not explaining right. shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, we're just like, people. oh, here's a bunch of white people in a, in a diverse country, but there's no, in a diverse state, but there's no black people. But you get these white jokes and you're supposed to like nod and smile and laugh. at this joke. Jokes. And I think it was on Un- Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt where, you know, like she, she starts, she's saying to this woman, this black woman, she's like, you know, I'm, I'm like the Ross and Rachel. She's talking about her love interest. It's like, we're like oh, the Ross yeah. and Rachel. And the other chick was like, oh yeah, I know. It's like the, um, it's like the Maxine and the, uh, Flippy do from Maxine and Cal from Living Single, and Kimmy's like, I don't know what that is. And so she was, she she said to Kimmy, she's like, so I have to know everything about the shit that you like, but you don't got to know nothing about right. what you know what I like. Like right, right. I got to relate to you, but you don't want to relate to me. Right. Yeah, it's it's this one sided thing where everybody has to where white media is is the mainstream, and everybody else has to appease to them. I don't want it to be just. A clickbaity, uh, let's let's do this stuff to please black people, but really just to get more black money. Like, calm it down. That's not what we want. Like, you know, treat us like people and not just and I mean, like, I get that their businesses and black dollar matters, and I want want them to know that it matters enough for them to invest in black opportunity and not and not just in front of the scenes, but behind it as well. I need black hair care, black, black uh lighting, black uh designers, oh, yeah. black directors, producers, black writers. I want writers. I want to be able to see a pitch of a show and I want to be able to see the show and everything is just all black everything. The last thing I want to say about this is that um, one of the sort of reboots that I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that is the reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and it's going to be a sort of more drama. It's not a sitcom. And it's based off of this pitch this guy did, and he put it on YouTube or um, Vimeo, and it somehow got to... It was like a trailer. And this, this is the way you do shit like this nowadays, is you concept something, and you make a pitch for it, and it's usually a reel or a trailer. And it went viral, and it got to Will Smith, and he you know, had a conversation with the guy, and they put it into development. And now it's a thing. It's happening. So I yeah. want to see if you watch the trailer. It looks really good. It's very interesting. It's it's Fresh Prince it of Bel Air. I saw it. I saw um, it. Dramatized. And it, and it worked too. Like you would think it wouldn't work, but it it does. It works really, really great. It's like I'm interested into seeing what it would and how it would look in the final in the final verse. It may not come out as great, but I'm interested. I'm here for it. Me too. I'm absolutely here for I it. I think it'll be good. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening. That's it for this bonus episode. Be sure to catch episode two next Friday. You can follow us on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at KNJ Got Something to Say. Okay, have a good weekend.